Hello, my miracle-minded community. This is Nicole Sylvester, and I want to thank you for being here with me, joining me for this episode. This message is a special one. This message applies on Christmas Eve, which is the day I happen to be sitting down making this for you. But it could also apply on a random Wednesday, on a Sunday afternoon. It could apply at any time, any time where you're looking around and feeling like something is supposed to be different than it is or that something is missing. And I'm sending this message out to the humans in my world that are feeling the pain, the discomfort, the sadness, the loss, the feelings that it might be the first Christmas as a single mom. It may be the first Christmas as a solo mom. It may be your first New Year's single. It may be your first New Year's post-divorce. It may be your first holiday after losing a loved one, someone transitioning. It may be your fifth holiday with the loss of a loved one and you're just still feeling it so deeply and so profoundly. And that this time of the year tends to be hard. It is anything but hallmark, you know, imagery. And in your heart, that's what you wish you had. So I'm inspired to make this episode because I have felt those things. I have felt those things for a large part of my life. And now being in a place where I really do not feel those things. I want to share what I had to see differently, what I had to feel, what I had to remember. It doesn't mean that I don't feel the depths of sadness or deeply missing someone that I'll never see again in the physical plane. That does not mean that because I feel those things. What it means is that I've learned how to be present and to move myself out of a suffering that is not serving me and to really deeply love the moment so I want to help you it's like we can be sisters in this where this is me just sharing my experience and just to let you know that you're not alone so being that it's Christmas Eve sometimes when I'm when it gets to Christmas Eve I think of Christmas Eve's of the past and I think of how I once felt and what the way I once saw myself and the world around me and it was it was hard so I can remember growing up in a family that was very dysfunctional and feeling like Christmas was a hard time now when I was very young Christmas was so magical and I loved it I felt like Christmas you know at the time back when you know I was so excited for Santa to come at those periods of time Christmas felt very magical I felt like it brought my family together My dad was always home when it was Christmas, even though he was navigating his drug addiction, he would always be home. And my mom would like be the best that she could be around Christmas. And I really loved that and appreciated that. Now, as I got older and started to see things differently, I began to, you know, spend time with other people. And I went to some of my friends' houses for Christmas. And I thought like, wow. I wish I had that. I wish I had a family that act like that. And it put me in this like lack energy. 
of never having what it was that I desired, never having what I yearned for, never having the Christmas moment, the family time, and I just always wanted family. So that was interesting. And then as I grew up more and I found myself in different relationships, still never really had that. It just kind of partied and, you know, was avoidant and whatever. Christmas was like kind of not even a big deal, like a blip on my radar. Didn't celebrate, didn't care. It wasn't really a thing. And then when I uh, met Chanel's father and I got pregnant really quickly, then I started going into this like this different Christmas energy because I cared again. It was like it it like touched on my childhood Christmas holiday moments and memories and I wanted Christmas to be special for my daughter so then that helped me with something else but when I when I remember those times I remember feeling like well now I have my family but it was far from perfect it was it was abusive so for me it was like let me make everything look pretty and I was very bought into the fairy tale the illusion of well, the house looks beautiful. I have this huge tree. We had like a 10-foot like tree in our, you know, $800,000 house in in Vegas. And it was like, you know, at the time that was in Vegas, that was a big house. It was a beautiful space, and it was the nicest thing I've ever had. So there was all these things that spoke to me like what you've always wanted, you know, like the 8-foot kitchen counter uh, island and you know all of these beautiful things all of my luxurious things that I had in my closet and um, you know the diamonds and everything I had all that but it was very much built on a very shaky foundation there was no true trust no true safety no true love and there was a lot of attachment and unhealthy things but I still would lean into that fairy tale. So I bring this up because I feel like uh, this is something I was feeling as I was driving yesterday. And I think about all the women that are out there that are living in that space, that know that it's not a healthy situation. They know that this is not how they want to live, but they haven't been able to detach from the illusion yet and to see it as an illusion. There's still hope, there's still commitment, there's still connection to it. And for some of you, I'll say this, there's also the feeling of like, I want to get out by next year, whether it's emotional abuse, physical abuse. But I just want you to know that if this is you, that I'm sending you so much love and courage and just a reminder that you do deserve more and to get help in any way you can and know that the help is really in your hands and you have more options than you realize and to really lean into your personal strength and inner guidance because it will guide you just like it guided me. So in that space at that time, I was still in this place of lack, but I let the fairy tale like give me some hope. But then here's where things got interesting. I left Chanel's father. And if you've read my book, you know what happened and how that went down and how intense that was. But as holidays would come up and as birthdays would come up, it was like, even though I was so happy that I felt safe, 
I wasn't in like harm. I wasn't being harmed by anyone close to me anymore. There was this deep anger and resentment because I had to be a single mom. Like that's what I felt like. Like I felt like this mother effer left me to be a single mom. A solo mom. Not even a single mom. A solo mom. A solo parent. And it felt hard. And I just resented it. And that energy seeped into my first few years of being a mom in that way. And I'm sharing this with you honestly because I care and because now I have so many tools and because I found out that I was doing this and I want to share this with you so I can help you to see and to find out like are you doing that? Are you doing that? If you're doing that, then you have an opportunity to take your power back. So for me, I remember distinctly, I remember playing Santa a couple times and I would be, I mean, I played it all the time, but I was playing Santa and I would be at the dining room table and I would be in our small apartment and we would have our little tree and Chanel and her preciousness left her cookies for Santa, her note for Santa, and I would eat them and do the things. And in doing that, I would have this little pity party for myself like, why do I have to do this alone? There's all these people that don't have to do it alone. And I would just be like mad at myself for making the choices I've made. I was mad at myself for falling in love with the wrong people. It was like, it was like a whole spiral of shit. And I was, and it was just not good. But there was something about this. Like I realized that this was also a pattern. This was a pattern. I realized that there was a pattern of my mom doing this, uh, my aunt doing this. And it's like choosing things and then making ourselves wrong for choosing, choosing things and blaming the person for being who they are. And eventually I just got to a point where as I discovered my spiritual practices, as I discovered uh, different techniques and I raised my awareness, I was like, I can't do that anymore. And beyond that, I started to feel like what a gift that I have the ability to be in this place of raising my daughter, of playing Santa at times, of choosing to live how I wish and to really trust the journey and fall in love with life. Because you see, even me, the version of me that was like that and that was feeling that, I was attracting the wrong partner. So when I did have my my partner, my next partner that came, it still wasn't like the true partnership that I desired. It was a match to that. And I bring all of this up because it's important to look at what are the signals we're sending and what do we believe about life? Do we believe that, and what do you believe? Do you believe that everything would just be so perfect if you could just plop in another human? Everything would be just so perfect if you could just plop yourself in a bigger house. Would everything just be so perfect if you could plop some more money in your bank account? What I found is none of those things will make you necessarily happier. It's only 
changes the scene for a little bit. The happiness, the joy, the gratitude comes from within. And I know that you may have heard that lots of times. You may be like, this is not helping me. (laughs) But I just want to let you know that it truly does come from within. So another reason I'm sharing all of this is because there's something that had really changed everything for me. So this morning, just to give you an idea, like I woke up, my daughter's here. It's her last Christmas as a minor. She's going to be 18 next Christmas. So it's kind of like, whoa, what the hell? And I'm grateful that she's here. I'm grateful that my dogs are here. We have the cutest place that I found here for the time that we're in Texas I found the cutest tree. <laughs> this is the first year I decorated the tree on my own. Usually Chanel definitely wants to be involved. This year she didn't want to be involved. And you know what? I was like, all right, well, this gives me the opportunity to decorate the tree the way I want. And I went total minimalist, <laughs> which is a way that she would have not liked it. It's like just white twinkly lights and gold ornaments. Like if it was, it, it, so I saw the gift in that. I was like, oh my God, I love the tree. It's all gold. I, I got to do it the way that I want. You know, there were just like these moments where I'm sitting on the sofa and I have all the light, the candles lit around our place. The only other light is the Christmas tree. And I'm reading a book and my dogs are like cuddled up next to me and I have these beautiful cozy blankets and I'm so grateful that I get to buy and like really invest in like these beautiful blankets that I love. It's the little things. That's the thing that I'm bringing up here. Like, can you look for the little things can you look for the little things and find them the other thing i want you to know is that life is temporary life that that we know it here in this form where you are you and i am me it's temporary it's precious it is passing and it is meant to be enjoyed And that is the thing, like whenever I look around and I'm like, I'm not enjoying. I could blame the surroundings and the settings and sometimes there needs to be a surrounding change. Sometimes there needs to be character changes. Sometimes there needs to be role changes. And oftentimes it's also what's needed is a perspective shift, a shift in the heart, realizing something. So shifting this now from the perspective of motherhood, I want to talk about what it's like to be in a dysfunctional family at this time of year and how you can shift the way you view that. So one thing, you know, I learned when my mom passed was how the relationship will change. And I've witnessed, as I've told several people this, I'm not telling them what's true for them because I don't know what's true. And I know that we've all had different experiences with our family members. But I have told several people and just shared with them my experience. And I've shared that no matter what has happened between you and your parent, when they pass, there's there's an experience that you may have where it's like the relationship changes. And if you can begin to embrace that now, before they pass, while they're still here, it can change so much. That's that's what happened in my experience. And of course, it's up to them. And I don't know that it's the ultimate truth for them. It's only my experience. But I share it here with you because what I've seen with some people close to me, I've seen where they've resisted and held resentment and anger towards their parent. And when their parent dies, it's like 
there's so much love because love is all there is after that after they pass so i share this with you on this christmas eve so that no matter what the relationship is with a parent if you feel safe of course because that's important you have to feel safe but if you feel safe enough to have them near you or to deal with them to be close to spend more time to give more love while they're still here in this form and you're in this form chances are you'll be happy you did so during this holiday season how can you do that with your family so I'll tell you this when I was younger and even when Chanel was younger and she was here I really resisted spending time with my family I feel like there was just so much bottled up, unprocessed pain, resentment, anger, frustration, abandonment issues that I had a hard time like really loving them and not like pushing them away. It was just an unconscious behavior. It was just there. And now that I'm more conscious, I began to see it differently. And it's interesting because at that time it's like both of our wounds were meeting my wounding and their wounding was meeting and there was a lot of fighting there was a lot of shit talking there was a lot of stuff and at that stage I was still craving family but I would push my own family away because I wanted them to be different I wanted them to be different So I couldn't accept them for how they were. I couldn't see the gifts and the blessings and what was because I was too busy wishing they were different. So fast forward, you know, right before my mom passed, I get this strong impulse that I should go build a relationship with my mom. Previous to that, I had only seen my mom for 30 minutes in two years, literally on the back, like the tail end of a trip to Philadelphia. I stopped by and saw my mom with my daughter. We had a cheesesteak with her. And it was literally 30 minutes. My mom was working. She worked at a bar at a time. And we went there for 30 minutes. And I was like so rushing to get out of there. I was like, I got to get out of here. And that was the only time I saw her in two years. But I was doing a lot of healing work at the time. And I was actually, um, in those two years, I went to Bali a bunch. And while I was in Bali... And while I was doing this really deep heart opening work, I felt the pull that I should go back to Pennsylvania, like literally move to Pennsylvania. And I did. Within like two, three weeks, we moved from getting back from Bali, we moved to Pennsylvania. And when I got back to Pennsylvania, I made an agreement with myself. I didn't tell my mom about it. I just decided it in my heart that I was going to love her for who she is. My mom was a character. She was a character. People called her Tiny Tina. She was literally like five foot. She's super sassy. She's funny. She loved her Newports and she loved her Budweiser's. Like, loved them over everything sometimes. And it drove all of us crazy, but it literally drove me crazy throughout my whole life. I'm like, I want her to stop smoking. I want her to stop drinking. I want her to stop being this way. I want her to stop gambling. Why does she want to do scratch-offs? Like, I wanted to just, like, pick apart who she was because I wanted her to be the mom I envisioned in my mind. Have you ever done that? 
and in doing that I kept my mom away from me and she did things that sometimes you know she would get drunk and I was not okay with being around drunk people to this day there's things that are just deal breakers for me because I just it's like I love people that are being they're able to be present with me you know that's really important especially someone growing up with um, parents that were addicts and struggled with addiction I really value presence and intimacy and people that can really connect and be honest and all those things but nevertheless back to what I was saying when I got back to Pennsylvania this was in 2018 I just was like I'm gonna accept my mom as she is so I still knew that I had to keep distance because I had my own tolerance levels you know I could only deal with certain things for so long and then it would start feeling like a drain to me so I invited my mom to my place and I remember we lived at this penthouse in this place in King of Prussia Pennsylvania and it had pretty views and had like a little clubhouse and pools and all these things and they had like a coffee bar downstairs for all the people that live there and my mom loved it she thought it was so fancy and like my mom is someone that I think deep down always wanted fancy but like she just got what she got you know and she freaking loved it and you know what I did I bought her her little six pack of Budweiser I bought her her cigarettes and I let her just have a good time at the pool and she had the best time and her birthday was coming up and I organized a birthday party for her at a restaurant and we all got together I bought her beers I took her to the casino she loved gambling I took her to the casino I gave her money to play with and she ended up passing away like two weeks later and I I bring this up and I'm, I'm getting a little emotional talking about this but I bring this up because I'm glad that I'm someone that just radically trusts my inner guidance. And I'm glad I put my ego and my little Nikki hurts aside. And I'm just glad that I let my wise woman, the open-hearted version of me, lead the show and do that then so my mom when she passed I was so glad that I showed up and just loved her as she was I'm glad that for the final weeks of you know her being alive like I was there for two months before she passed that I wasn't pushing her away because of all the things that I wanted her to be that she wasn't now I bring this up because you don't know how many days you have left with someone you don't know how many Christmases you have left with someone you don't know how many New Year's you have left with someone you don't know how many anything you have left how do you want to live it and how do you want to love the people that matter to you? Now, the exception to this is for those of you out there that are in abusive situations. Like someone, of course, there could be like a psychologist that sits down and they're like, what your mom was doing was abusive, it's neglectful, blah, 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 blah. But my mom was battling her own things and she just liked to have her drinks 
<laughs> she liked to do what she does, you know? But I'm talking about someone that is belittling you, harassing you, physically hurting you, emotionally damaging you, and you know that it hurts to be in their presence, not because of an expectation, but because it is straight up abusive. You have to get out. You have to get out. This doesn't mean, I don't want you to take what I'm saying and you find a way to use it as permission to stay in a shitty situation. This is something I just want to remind you of. And even with the situations I shared, there's only so much I could take of that. I can only be around someone that is, you know, drinking to the point where they're a little off for so long. But I can acknowledge and love them and look for their innocence and say, I'm going to give you a ride home. I want to make sure you're safe. I love you. Versus talking shit about it the whole time. So there's a way to do this that you get to decide how do you want to how do you want to see this holiday season so for me I'm someone that really does see the preciousness like there's something about about the way I see life I do see that it's precious I do see that it's passing and I like to kind of gather the good from it I have hard times too I have times where I feel disconnected from the light and the one thing is I can always find the light again and I know that but what I have to do is know that it's like, A, part of it is looking into the heart, opening your heart, doing the heart opening work. That's why the work is so important. And that's why the work I do with women and the work I do in my courses and programs, it's so much about opening your heart. So it's like opening your heart and just a willingness to see everything that's here now that's good. It's not going to be here forever. Even if you live in a place right now and you're like, I want to live in a bigger place. Like for me, when I went from living in a, you know, almost 4,000 square foot home to living in, in these tiny little 800 square foot apartment in LA, barely getting by with my daughter. I could have a 4,000 square foot home and be in an abusive situation and abandon myself. Or I can choose myself and live in an 800 square foot home and have less. But at the time, all I could see was what was missing. So I share this as a reminder from my heart to yours, no matter your situation, no matter what's missing, that there's still so much that's here. So now in this present space, it's, it's so funny because I look at everything and I'm just like, I'm very grateful. This is one of the most content Christmases, one of the most content periods of my life actually where I just feel like very present with what feels true and real and in the softness and in the simplicity there's so much richness and we can always open our heart to more which you know I'm an advocate for that and I I will help you with that I love to support women with that and the amplifier for miracles and the amplifier for more is gratitude for what is. Really finding the gratitude for what is. So looking at whatever your situation is, whatever this is, and knowing that wherever you are this year, this day, whether it's Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, or February 14th, or March 4th, any old random day, every day is a miracle. Every day is a gift. Every day is an opportunity. 
Who do you want to be? What do you want to see? What do you want to remember? And knowing that everything is temporary and everything is passing, even if like, let's say you have all your kids and they're so little and they're overwhelming, there's going to be a time where they're older. You know, I was, I was laughing because I was at Whole Foods the other day and I'm waiting in line at Whole Foods and the woman ringing us up and then there's a woman ahead of me, like with all of her things. And they're both talking about how it's such a luxury to go to the grocery store by themselves. And I remember what that was like being like oh, it's just nice to go by myself my daughter was so easy I always joke that like I'm not having a second kid because my first child was such an easy easy going like calm wise child <laughs> that she slept so much like I'm like my next child probably never sleep and be like wild as hell but even in that there is a luxury to just having alone time like even now I'm like it's so luxurious to have space you know to think to just be yourself to process so the moms are talking about this at Whole Foods meanwhile my 17 year old's in the car and I'm like do you want to come in the store with me I'd love for you to come in the store with me and she's like nah I'm gonna stay in the car and listen to music and text my friends (laughs) so everything is changing and everything is temporary you know And now it's like I'm at this phase where it's like redefining my life. My daughter's getting older. She's pretty much, you know, on on her own in the sense that she does what she wants to do. She works. She is going to um, L.A. to be with friends for New Year's Eve. My friends are coming here for New Year's Eve. I'm in a stage of like I'm going to be just having so much fun. And I'm really coming alive. Like it's, it's a new season, a new era. So... I share this with you of like soak up the season you're in even if it's the hardest season you all know if you know my story that some of the hardest seasons are part of my victory story if you've not yet listened to my memoir go check out the sample on audible you can listen to the first little bit and I have a feeling you might be into hearing what happens and just exploring the story but excuse me friends my, my throat today what I want you to know is that some of the hardest seasons of your life or the most glorious parts of your victory story there are times where you dug back in you you are a demonstration of the human spirit the times where you keep going when everything points to this is hard you're a demonstration of the human spirit the times where you find yourself in darkness or loneliness or feeling lost and you find your way again You are a demonstration of the human spirit. And I don't want you to forget about your spirit this season. I want you to remember. In fact, I want you to summon it. Call it forth. Ask it to lead you. It will lead you. And if there's anything that you find that you would love to upgrade and shift and and change for years ahead, rather than seeing it as I lack this now, focus on everything that is beautiful. Even if all you can find is, you know, that you have your children all you can find is your health or all you can find is this beautiful cup of coffee you know like whatever it is just find it and from that goodness you can infuse the desire the the feeling of what it is that you're calling in it's not because a person or a dollar amount or anything is going to fix anything it's more so like how could you just sprinkle some goodness on top of this how could you allow in a feeling that's just going to amplify everything Can you give yourself that gift? 
And if there's someone that you're missing in spirit, whether it's a mom, a dad, a grandparent, a partner, a child, anyone that's transitioned, just tune into the frequency and essence of their soul. There's a gift there too. How can you allow their presence and essence to be here with you on this day, in any day? What can you do in their name? What can you do? Can you, can you make up a moment of offering, a moment of love? You know, bring them to the, to the dinner table during your blessings. Like there's, there's ways to know that they're still here. And for any of you that are really in that space, if you've not read the book, um, Sign, The Language of the Universe, I think that's what the tagline is. It is such a beautiful book. My daughter, my niece, and I, we listened to it as we drove from New Orleans to Texas one day. And um, we just loved it. And since I've, since I've read that book and listened to that book, I have worked with signs and communication with my mom. And it's been such a beautiful journey. So my friends, I hope this message just lands with anyone that it needs to land with. And it supports you in any way that you need support. And I just want you to know that I do love you. I do care for you. I don't have to know you for, to love you and care for you. I I care deeply for people. And I, I know that we're more alike than we are different. And that we share this heart. We share the human heart. We share the human experience. And that it is a wild ride and know that you are wired to feel all the things the pain and the pleasure the injustice and the joy the devastation and the divinity you are wired to feel all of it so rather than making any of any of it mean more than it needs to which i have definitely done more times than i care to admit allow yourself to be reminded that on this experience you are wired to feel all these things. You are also wired to make adjustments and shifts, but we can't change people. So the people that you're committed to having in your life or the ones that you have soul contracts because they're family, and if you deep down you know that you care about them and you they are a, a presence in your life, then how can you learn to love them as they are? And by doing so, liberate yourself. And first, that starts with you. So look in the mirror today and remind yourself how much you love yourself, how important you are, how sacred you are. And then spread that love, that light, that, that presence with the people that matter most in your world. All right, my friends, if you know someone out there that is moving through a tough time this holiday season, whether it's their first season as a single parent, like they've just gone through a breakup or divorce, someone that is a solo parent like me, that just is the only parent. You know, that can be a lot of pressure. It's a lot of responsibility. Share this episode with them. If there's someone that recently lost someone they loved and you know that this could be a hard time or there's someone that is dreading going to spend the holidays with their family or maybe avoiding their families at all cost. If you feel the call on your heart, there's an intuition to share this episode. You could share it with them and just let them know like, hey, this may not speak to you at all, but I just got this this little ping that I should share this with you for whatever it's worth, you know? And you never know the impact something like this can have on someone out there. So I'm sending you the biggest hug, the warmest holiday wishes, 
and a beautiful new year, my friends. If you are someone that is feeling called to be with me as we move out of 2022 into 2023, I'm talking about closing ceremony. This is my three-part experience where we really gather with our mind, body, spirit. We raise our awareness. We bless and acknowledge this year its gifts, its wins, its losses, its funky parts. And we transmute it into fertilizer for all that you're becoming in 2023. And to really move forward in this year, not from a place of what you think you need to do, from fear or from lack, but from really from the depths of your truth and your soul's mission on this planet. It's a different way of moving. I feel it in my belly. I feel it in my body. There's a, there's a groundedness to it. If you want to be a part of this experience, I invite you. It's $111. It's three days, three parts. You get all three replays. There's a Telegram thread if you want to be a part of that. You have the replays to listen to. You can listen to it and do this process all throughout the year. Whenever you feel like you want to reset, you want to forgive, you want to let go, you want to heal, you can always go back to this process. But we're going to do it into the new year. So my friends, the links are down below. I'm sending you the biggest love. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and happy new year.